Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to 2020 Breakfast with Sis. I'm Sis, a.k.a. Allie. I'm Dad. A.k.a. Tony. It's a, new, it's a new year. It is. It's a new year. It's a new podcast season for us. And we have, I'm so excited, guests. Oh, I know we it. have friends. I know. <laughs> they had breakfast with us this morning. I'm going to introduce them. Are you ready? Yep. Lindsay Wilson. I'm going to say President of Corrigan Interiors or just President of Corrigan? President of Corrigan and, and Interiors Market Sector Leader. And Jack. Jack Jack is um, I'm actually more excited don't take this wrong, Lindsay. I'm actually more excited about talking to Jack this morning than yeah. anything. It's kinda <laughs> I know all the kids that we have on here, they always surprise us. Because they're so good. They Say are. good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Go real loud. All right, so this is our first show of the year and I have been dying to jump in there and we were just talking right before we came on the air it's a small world Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of connections and I think we're all connected by just a really really small thing but um Dallas is a big city but really it's not and yeah yeah, yes I know it it's in the longer I spend here the more people I know the more people I come across with which goes right back to one of the things that we've learned be nice to everybody is that true? I was going to say, which yeah. is why my mom always said, be nice Guess to everybody. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> because at some point, you're either going to be working with them or for them or around them. Or Absolutely. someone knows someone. Or someone who knows something or whatever the case may be. Yeah. How long have you been in Dallas? I have been in Dallas now for 22 years. Oh, you're you're like part of us now. More time in Texas than in Arkansas. You grew up in Arkansas. Born. I did. What part? Conway, Arkansas. I love that area. Home of the Wampus Cats. Absolutely. Whoa. Some of the best duck hunting in the world. Yes, that too. Is into Arkansas, North Arkansas. I absolutely. So you came here for. I came here for a job, interestingly, at Corgan. Oh. Five really? days after graduation from college. No kidding. Okay, wow. what'd you study in school? Interior design. Okay, so this is where the world gets really small. That's what Allie started off in, interior design. It was. At Texas State, go Bobcats. I mean, it's not really a small world thing, but keep going. Uh, the fact that the two of you studied interior design, that's sure. kind of, what's the odds of that? It's a connection. I guess. It's a connection. <laughs> He's trying really hard. I am trying really hard. <laughs> so you knew right off the bat that you wanted to go into interior design, so you came to Dallas? It's more of a coincidence, not a small world. Serendipitous? Maybe. <laughs> keep going. I, since it's a father-daughter conversation, I'll tell you this part of the story. Yeah. I wanted to be in art history. Well, I started as general business. That wasn't going to work out. <laughs> I was like, I'll never make it through these classes. They're mm-hmm. too boring. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, so I was going to be an art history major. I called my dad to give him this piece of information, and he said, no, try again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, you need to be I like no, your dad. You need to be employable. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, not, What did you want to do in art, art history? Work at a museum, oh. which, of course, then my dad talked me through how many museums there are in the country, yeah. you know, what a long road <laughs> that would be, and I would probably, did I want to be a professor, which I didn't. So it was a good conversation. So There's then, a lot more museums than you think of because even Duncan has one. The Museum of Oil Equipment um, History or something it like that. It will be a good once you grow up job. It would have been just fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, interestingly for me, which he knew me really well, 
it probably would not have been exactly what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. so much more academia. So I found, I started to find everything that was associated with art. So how could I still sure. be in a creative field? And I, I walked into the interior design dean's office at Arkansas and had this amazing conversation. And that was that. Was that. And it's there been an, such an amazing career. You loved it. Loved it. Have always loved it. Love going to work every day. Allie loved it, too. She was really good at it. I did. I had one professor that kind of um, did me in, though, so. It was the spring break projects mm. that I think was the. And the up all nights. Yeah. And the OCD perfectionness. Yeah. All of that. All <laughs> of it combined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was more of a family affair. I studied architecture at school. Architecture, theology, and business. And so when I got out of school, I came to Dallas and began as an intern architect here in Dallas in the 80s, probably before you were born, which is pretty sad. I was sad. born. Barely. <laughs> Barely. And, and Dallas was exploding at the time, mm-hmm. architecturally. We were, Taylor Hewlett at the time was the fourth largest firm uh, in the city, possibly even the state. I mean, we were massive and growing crazy. And then the two partners uh, decided to get into development. And the thing about development is it went up like a rocket, but it came down like a rocket. Yeah. And I mean, here I am, this, this intern in this massive firm thinking, I'm going to be here forever. I am going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a gold watch guy. At one point, somewhere I have an actual film picture. Jack, in the old days, we used to take pictures on film. It's I crazy. I that now. I it's like coming back. Want, so I was saving up for uh, Stranger Things Polaroid. So I, like, I think it's brilliant. It was like upside down. It was really cool. That's, you should get one. The printer was on the top, so it was really cool. <laughs> I love That's that. Cool. I love that. I actually have a picture that we took out of our firm's window looking south on the tollway. Tollway wasn't even there at the time. There were 22 cranes. In this picture, over half of them were ours. That's crazy. From our firm. I'm going to do this forever. We walked in one day, and the partner said, the bank called. They're going to need their loan. We don't have the money, so we're going to have to cut everybody's overtime. Then they cut everybody's um, benefits. And then the next thing you know, they started cutting people. I am right out of school. I am, what, one or two years out of school, and I'm going, what is this layoff thing? I don't know what this means. Right, and of course, lowest paid intern doing some of the most work. We were somewhat insulated. All of the big partners started going. All of the you know more experienced architects. Then HKS at the time, the largest. I don't know. They still might be. I don't know. Just from a sheer number of people standpoint, um, they laid off like fifty architects, and I'll never forget. I mean, people were panicking. Lindsay, it was crazy. It, it's burned into my memory because we let them, we let the guys that we laid off stay in the office to look for a job. They came in, they pulled out the Dallas phone book, which was like three inches thick, put it on their thing, and they started going from A and calling all the architectural firms in town looking for a job. And every architectural firm said the thing, same thing. I got 100 resumes on my desk. They all have 20 plus years experience. They're licensed in every state. What do you got? And... I can just remember the eyes that everybody's going, why did I study architecture? Why did I get into this business, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I get into? I was in the group, they laid, they had three layoffs. I was in the group 
we were the very last group out the door because, you know, we were, I mean, they could crunch a bunch of work for cheap out of us. And I thought, never again. And what did I do? I went and found a job as another interior architect somewhere else. I know it. And and I thought for sure I was going to do it. And then that firm closed down for the exact same reason. And I got out. I got out. And then I was out for three years and decided I can do it better than anybody. And I started my own firm. DBA Architects, which just celebrated its 25th anniversary here recently. They've won a ton of awards. and the You're not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. I know it. And Brian Moore, who was one of the three of us that started the place, is uh, still there running it and doing great. But I loved it. I think that might have been... Were you the B in that D? So everybody asked, everybody asked that. We were having dinner one night at, this is going to be a blast from the past, Bennigan's. You guys remember Bennigan's? I do. I know. It's like forever. They had a dessert called Death by Chocolate. On this, on the, and we're all eating this dessert. The death by architecture. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Wow. We're sitting oh, there on a napkin, on a napkin, writing out the business plan, what we're going to call it. And we ordered this dessert. And Jim Harden said, man, I'm going to die by this chocolate. And I think it was either Brian or me that said, well, we're going to die by architecture. So let's call it death by architecture. So it was DBA. And um, it took on so many different meanings. Everybody thought I was the B Mm -hmm. in there, but we showed up to our very first meeting at the Fairmont with one of our first um, clients. And all three of us came from three different directions and all three of us had on double breasted suits. And so this guy walked in and he's looking at our business card. It says DBA. What does that stand for? And I said, double-breasted architects. <laughs> he laughed his He gave us a deal. I mean, so it was everything. It was memorable. Yeah. Death by architecture. That's what it was. And if we're going to do this, we're going to we're going to we're going to die. So by you've it. been at the same company. No. No. This is interesting. Yeah. I, I left oh. um, after about two and a half years there at Corgan and went to to a couple other firms. One of them was a firm, Boca Pal, where your oh, dad yeah. knew someone there yeah. also. And that's actually where I started doing business development and mm-hmm. client relationship stuff and where I found that side of the business, the connection part, the yeah. relationship cool? part. Oh, so cool. I know it. And so then there was the design half and the people half. Yep. Is that why you left? Because you wanted to pursue that more or? I did. I wanted a little more interaction kind of outside the office with customers kind of hearing firsthand what they what they wanted which today is still what I love about what I do is that the bulk of what you do now what I do now is kind of split 50 50 into management type of stuff firm management and team management and we've been adding studios in different cities and that's really fun and then and then at least half my time working with clients and that's what I see I think that's important you got to stay close to the client don't you Oh, I mean, that's actually when we had our last leadership transition, the three of us uh, who make up the leadership team are all still also in the business. And because it's changing so fast and there's so much disruption in the industry, we all felt like we have to still be close to our customers so that we know what's going on. Yeah. Help me out with this. Hold on. She was still, she was. No, I want to unpack that. I want to unpack that. But you didn't let her finish her story. Oh, okay. Finish your story. About how I got back to Corgan? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at two other firms, kind of made changes for different reasons. I was always looking for a firm that was really passionate about supporting interiors. Sometimes interiors is seen as just like a a pull through (laughs) from architecture. You know what we call them? Color Color pickers. pickers. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've never heard that one before. Well, no. Yeah. (laughs) 
We, That's just a very tiny part. Most of us can do that with our eyes closed. Well, yeah. that which is kind of funny that yeah. you say that picking colors with your eyes closed. That's kind of funny. Well, <laughs> and what it's really all about now, which this is how we got connected, is employee experience. It is. Mm-hmm. So somehow interior design now is about creating experiences so that people want to work at these places, want to come to them. Because as we all know, you don't have to come to the office anymore. You can do most of what you need to do on the go. Right. Um, so anyway, I had an opportunity 12, almost 12 years ago uh, to come back to Corgan and Craig and I hadn't been married very long and I said you know I'm going to go over and have this meeting but I just can't imagine what they would say I wasn't because you had the old Corgan in your head yeah yeah it's like I can't imagine what they would say well I sat down at that meeting and the CEO at that time said why don't you just tell me what you want to do and oh. then we'll see if it lines up with what we want to do Damn. And I was oh. like Perfect. Oh, that never happens. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> was the CEO back then Bob? It was Bob, yes. Oh, wow. Good memory. Jack calls him Boss Bob. Boss Bob. That's good. <laughs> Boss Bob of Toy Town. Because he had like tons of really cool toys inside his office. And there was this one thing where I was my mom's assistant and we were like cleaning up the offices. Nice. I forgot what it was called though. And then, uh, all, so Bob had a bunch of toys that he didn't have any need for. So he said, why don't you take them? And they were what? all like really cool, like Hot Wheeled Jets. Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. I like that. Boss Bob. Yeah. So I went back and the rest is history. history. It's been awesome. Yeah. Did you go back as president? No. Where'd you go back as? I was a vice president in the interiors studio in Dallas. Nice. How long till president? Seven years. Oh, wow. Wow. You did a lot. Yeah. And it's grown. We took advantage of a ton of opportunities, and there was a fantastic team in place already. Yeah. It's not like the Dallas team had to be built. It was built, which is what was so cool to me. I had always wanted to be with a team that was competing for, you know, the best projects. Yeah. And they already had the team. Um, so that was that was really cool. How and, big are you guys? Uh, the firm as a whole is about 700 Whoa. across wow. the country. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's awesome. And then we all have offices in Singapore and London as well. Nice. Dallas is our headquarters. Sure. There's about 450 of it's, the team members there. It's legit. It's so pretty just, legit. We just have like tiny offices in London and The London Singapore. office is growing really fast, yeah. But it, yes, it's it's a lot smaller than what you've seen in Dallas. Isn't one of the Corgan members in New York from The King and I? <laughs> LA. We we have the distinction of having a Tony Award Get out. winning team member. Get wow. Out. What? LA. Are you wow. serious? That's okay. awesome. That is cool. We always tell him. He, oh, wow. he can always win the uh, fun fact game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, everybody put down two, a fact. Yeah. Like, two truths yeah. and a lie. I have a Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, you're right. He'll love it. He'll love that. That is kind of that is kind of cool. Mr. Sean Kim. Very That's nice. So cool. Wow. So, uh. coolest biggest project. In the last, uh, you can't go back to the beginning of time, but maybe in the last three or four years for that the firm's so worked Toyota on. So Toyota was pretty special yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for yeah. all of us for a lot of yeah. a lot of reasons. Is that why you had the Toyota? Because I of the didn't used deal? to have a Toyota. No, I already had it. It wow. was fate. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you were already driving a Toyota. I was yeah. driving a Toyota at that time. No, they. Just I love had Cheryl, by the way. She's we're, awesome. Yeah, we've become good friends since she moved here. It it was one of those opportunities. It, not because it was as big as it was, because it, it 
it still it well, is a once in a lifetime big it well state farm was almost as big that's true we yeah. thought we'd never have another once in a lifetime yeah after you know state, the state farm, farm was campus. a very quiet uh thing in dallas mm-hmm. unless you're kind of geeky around architecture you didn't really realize how big that beast is uh, out, because it's out there kind of in the middle of nowhere, but that thing was huge. But Dallas is growing. I feel like there's going to be a ton more big projects happening for sure. Could I mean, be. It just keeps continuing. I know, yeah. but Toyota was like... Toyota was special because they had such clarity yeah. around what they wanted and why. Like yeah. That they were going to become, and they have, a mobility company. Yeah. And what did that, transforming your organization, what did that mean? And so when they came to us... They already knew what they they had, you know, these cultural priorities, and they said, "Can you help us create a place where cool? all of these things can thrive?" And that, for all of us, is like, "Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's like can. all the hairs on your arm stand up, and you yeah. get tingly, going, yes, this is why I got into what I do.'" An amazing partner. It, what we really say about that project when we look back now, it was three years from the day we were hired. Till they moved in. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. That's fast. And people say, you know, how did that happen? And, and I think it was one of our KDC team, team members that coined the term radical collaboration. Yeah. Like, this wasn't just regular collaboration. This had to be, everybody had to trust everybody because so much stuff was happening at the same at the There's same a book time. in there somewhere because it is, it is truly um, a thing of beauty, what they were able to create in that amount of time. I... I you know, Cheryl gave, uh, you know, a bunch of us CHROs in town a private tour. And one of the guys that was giving us a tour said that when he moved here, he, him and his wife built a house. And so they interviewed a bunch of contractors. And one of the contractors came and said, yeah, we could do this house. And it wasn't anything extraordinary, like 3,200 square feet or something like that in the Frisco area. He said, how long is it going to take? And he told them, and he said, you do realize that we built a billion-dollar building in less time than you're quoting me for this house? What's up with that? And the builder had no right. response. Mm. Had, it's like yeah. <laughs> it, the amount of time, it was yeah, it's extraordinary. You did a great job out there, it's by the way. It's an incredible organization, and so many of our team members got to work on that project. Oh, I can only too, imagine. From around really the world cool. or just here in Dallas? I mean, uh, did predominantly, you? Predominantly Dallas. Yeah team members and that was one of the the reasons that we were selected for the project because we were all sitting together in the Dallas hop we had yeah. sustainability experts we had the architecture team we had the Dang. interiors team we had furniture strategy experts we had you know everything they needed where we could literally yell at each other across the office which did help with the speed <laughs> so, so that was that one's pretty pretty special anything big in New York City going on right now well interestingly the it's in Boston, a super interesting project with State Street Bank. Oh, no kidding. That our New York and Dallas teams are doing together. That's fun. Um, but yeah, the New York, it's so fun to be in New York. And I love going up there. So, favorite, Allie and I were just talking. It was a year ago this week we did our, um, oh, no, last week, our 100th show at the largest Chick fil A in New York City. How fun is that? Yeah. yeah. A five story Chick fil A, Jack. What? Can you believe? Yeah, five stories. It's in it's in the south part of New York City. We were there the week before it opened, and the owner gave us a private tour. They their kitchen is in the basement, Jack. It's so cool. And so you go down this elevator. They cook all the stuff down there, and then they bring it up in this elevator. And then there's five stories. And the top story, you go out on a balcony, and you can see the whole city. You Where can is see it? one. It's down. It's it's. 
it's one block from the Oculus. Oculus. It's one block. It's one block. Uh, one block east of the Oculus. I'm trying to think of the name of the street that it's on. Fulton Street or something like that. Times Square is in Times Square because there's like a giant M&M store. I uh, know yeah. it's. Ugh, I get so much trouble when I go in that store. Uh, you can put cool your face on M&Ms there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of weird because you don't want to eat your face when yeah, you get you them do. done. <laughs> The cool part about Chick-fil-A is that none of the Chick-fil-A's are the original. I know. It's like, it started out with the dwarf grill. Yes, it did. Very good. There it is, right behind us, hanging on the wall. I read a biography about Astro Very nice. You know, we did our one-year anniversary show at the original dwarf grill with a 30-year veteran of Chick-fil-A. We sat in one of the corner booths, and we did our 100th show from uh, from that place, it was awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was fun. Allie and I ate there the night before at the counter, uh, and it was yeah, it was it was so much fun. We'll have to check out that five story Chick Fil A next time we go. Definitely. Where is the? Oh, it's in Atlanta. Yeah, okay. Atlanta South for Atlanta. that, and then New York City for for the other. The largest one. So yeah. I'm okay. So I got to pull the thread on on leadership. You know, what's there's so much that you and I could talk about just from a leadership standpoint. But when you look at leading a very talented group, because you have that, you have this unique job to where you actually have to work with people that are left-brained and right-brained, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of organizations that you walk in and they lean into one side, right? I work with a bunch of accountants and attorneys, and so I'm constantly pulling them to the other side of their brain, right? But you have that unique experience that you get to work with kind of a balance. What's what's one of the biggest challenges you face in leading a creative group that also has to think strategically? I think the biggest challenge is, so in, in a creative business, you want to just have as much time as you need. I know Allie's already yep. nodding her head. Like yep. to be creative on yep. demand. I will say though, I procrastinate because when I'm in crunch time, I'm the most creative because I don't have the time to overthink it. So you trust your yes. Trust so I have yourself. to trust myself and instinct. I keep, for sure. I don't know why. Your I think mic. I've done something wrong when I set up your mic this morning. That's there, okay. That's better. So there, it's difficult to manage. Okay, we've got to be creative and we've got to come up with these these fantastic solutions and these beautiful spaces, but we have X amount of time. X amount of fee. We have a profitability right. goal. Right. I mean, it's cre- balancing the bill. People yeah. hate talking Ugh. about the profitability oh goal and filling out timesheets <laughs> and all that. I just want to be things. creative. I know my father-in-law right. is Hard. very like business side, and I'm very not. And so he's like, "Well, your business plan." I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm just creating. Like, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. working." <laughs> so as the leader, it's you know, how do I remove? How do we remove some of those things that that bring people down, or streamline them, or make them as easy as possible, so that they can spend the majority of their time doing creative things? Yeah. Now we've had this conversation over the past year, and I think it will continue to be a focus in you the individual also has to really be responsible for managing their time and their resources and i mean we can all let email take over every minute of our lives if we let it Mm -hmm. or you have to set some turn it off spend 45 minutes focused on a task and and manage your your productivity and resources so i i 
love the Brain Performance Institute and yep. the Center for Brain Health and uh, have learned so much from those guys. And we've worked in partnership with them to kind of talk about brain healthy workplaces. And so when they say focus for 45 minutes on, yes. a, on an elephant, on yes. a big task, right. I mean, I consider that like a permission slip. Turn yes. everything off, put your head down for 45 minutes. 45 minutes is nothing. Yeah. Right. But how much you can get out of yourself in 45 minutes if you aren't pulled in a million yes. different different directions. And then take a break. And then take a break. So Tony Swartz, the night we had dinner together, his energy project, that's kind of what he leans into, isn't it? I mean, yeah. go real hard and then let your brain kind of reset and then go back. Says that's wisdom. You should be listening. Yeah, Take, are you taking should. notes? I should. You should be taking notes. Well, I have it recorded. So. Yeah. <laughs> Mental health in the workplace Thank is you. going to be what we're all. Your dad's already been talking about it for mm-hmm. years. It's what we're all going to be talking about yep. in 2020. It's the thing. Yeah. It's and, the thing. And then when mental health comes into to the design process, that's it. I mean, that's that's Nirvana right there. That's that's where it starts. And secretly, just for the whole world to know that's listening. Um, the whole time that I was practicing architecture, the interiors was always my favorite part. Thank you. It is because it's where people Spend actually time. interact. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And while, you know, creating the outside of a pretty structure is really cool, at the end of the day, people interact on the inside. That was the part that I always got the most enjoyment out of is how we interact with but stuff. I'll tell you what's cool. We, we were having a, a speaker in at work um, actually, it was with a client having a speaker about growth mindset. Oh, I love and that. And I was out of town at this at this leadership conference for a client. And when I get back, Jack's folder comes home from school. And what were you focusing on in fourth grade? Growth mindset. Oh my uh-huh. gosh! Yes. And they gave and every few weeks with our very important. Uh, they're called habit, like this week's habit. They'll give us, like, how to have a growth mindset at home or how to have gravity. Oh, my home. gosh. I want to come to your school and hang That's out. Awesome. But what's really cool is, so the habit of the week, it's called honor roll. Love it. So um, whatever the habit of the week is, whenever you see someone expressing the habit, you put their name in a box. Love this. And uh, at the end, she'll have our teacher will have all the honor rolls but there's also one person who gets a colorful honor roll and those are all unique and one of a kind and the teachers decide those and then my teacher colors them and it's like i got a i forgot what mine was my friend though got a rainbow they're they're really cool do you remember remember what the habit was when you got it no boss don't Ooh. be a boss. Don't, Don't be a, be a oh, boss. Man. Interesting. I'm so coming to your school like to hang it. out. Jack, that's a ton of wisdom. That is. That is a ton of wisdom. I didn't learn that until I was 30. Right? So yeah. it makes me so excited oh my for gosh, it's so awesome. the generations coming yes, up. Yes, thank that you. They're talking about mindfulness when they're in school. Yes. They're talking about having gratitude and empathy oh. and growth mindset. Yes. And yes. like if, if it gets plugged into these yes. little brains. Thank that you. Just Dad just read us an article two days ago saying that when teachers and parents are more focused on teaching their kids how to be kind versus their scholarship of, like, did you win? Did you get straight A's? Adam Grant. Um, That they actually have 
they actually are better in the long run in the long run because kinder people are then smarter so i just love that i know i wish my parents did that hey wait a minute (laughs) i know your parents it was a total fail i i mean i i I desperately asked for it was very did you make good grades I actually think I put more pressure on myself than um, y'all put pressure on me. I, I needed a do-over multiple times. It's all right. Well, I turned out pretty great, so. I would say so. Yeah. So when you when you look at people to bring into the firm, what are one of the two qualities that you look for in somebody? Helpfulness. Ooh, I like this. Unpack that. So a culture of helpfulness is something that um, I've always been passionate about, and I see it exhibited every day you know we have we've had people come into the firm from other other places um and say that they didn't feel like it was okay to say they didn't know how to do something so Uh-oh. i've been so I've been, I've been practicing yeah. for 15 years mm-hmm. and i felt like i should know how to do a hardware schedule so i just kind of right. would do my best and it is absolutely core in our in our company to be like hey Hand raise, red flag up. Right. Yeah, I've never done this before. Can somebody help me? And that there's no stigma around that. No judgment. No. Now, if you've done it 17 times and you're still asking for help on the 18th time, maybe right. we need to have a, right, a right. little extra training. Yeah. Right. But the expectation that you would know how to do everything, because some people spend spend three or four years on one project where you you would only have done these things like one time exactly versus somebody who's worked on 20 small projects mm-hmm. right. has a different has a different kind of knowledge base so so that idea of of helpfulness for sure how do you screen I for that? that how do you screen for that are you asking certain questions well i'll, I'll be completely honest here but are you We've screening got- for the people willing to ask for help or are you screening for the people that are no judgment for when they ask help I, or when so, others ask. So help. one thing for sure. So I. So we have an incredible team of people who do the interviews and yeah. the hiring, Isn't and they both? have. Do what? I feel like it both? is kind of. I both. think it is both, Jack. Yeah. Um, Good call. But when you start asking about projects um, and how they got done, well, we all know if anybody says I did that, I did that, I mm. did. Projects take even small projects right, yeah. right. take five, ten right. people to get them done. Your consultants, your other team members, you know, specialists in furniture and change management. So you can kind of tell in how people talk about the way a project was executed. If if it's I all them that. or if they're really explaining about their team, their that team they and, oh, and who that. did what. Um, but but I our need to give that wisdom to my husband. But our crew that does the interviewing, I don't really know how they. We a book, humble, hungry, and smart. Yeah, we love that book as a team. And yeah. there's some great interview questions in there. What's it called? Humble, humble hungry, hungry, and smart. smart. It's called the ideal team player. Um, but the ideal team player is humble, hungry, and, and smart. smart. Um, so hungry in the, you know, wanting to do right. more smart mm-hmm. people, smart. Right. Um, and there's a lot, they have a whole interview guide that yeah. has some really great questions, especially about inter- having people come in and interrupt interviews. Mm. So, yeah. you know, to see how to it be works late or like, right. Hey, I got to go. And like, does somebody get super frustrated? I mean, that's more screening for yeah. people smart or do they kind of get it right. and don't mind repeating themselves yeah. and just kind of, what does that show? Yeah, buddy. That reminds me. You need to start loving grace, walk, and love. You're correct. You need to read in like a few days. 
Alrighty. <laughs> I have Bob Goff's new devotional love Living Grace Walk in that. Love, which I should have started on January first. Thank you, Jack. I love that. It's 165 I, days. Oh, you have yeah. to read one a day. One, one a day. day. I like, love him too as an author. It's like our Book of Mark thing that we got at church. Nice. Where you would read one passage a day and it would tell you the takeaway. Love it. Oh, I love that. I'm going the to get that. The takeaways are always the best. The best part. part. I know it. Yes. So we use a very similar. I love hungry. Um, humble and smart. We use three C's. Competency, culture, and character, mm-hmm. right? So can you do it? Um, can you fit within our cu- culture? Which, it, that just means I don't need you to look like everybody else, but can you breathe inside an entrepreneur type of environment? Same bubble, yeah. Right? Yeah. And character, do you have the character to fit within? Which, humility, obviously. We look at three attributes uh, sincerity, clarity, and compassion mm. when we look at character inside the firm, which, but I love this hungry, hungry. So what kind of tools smart. do y'all use for when you're talking with your clients and figuring out what is the best kind of interiors to yeah. surround them with? I love that you brought that up because I heard you talking about something on one of the podcasts of what your best work was when you really had the trust. Yes. Yes. So I say the same thing. Our best projects, hands down, doesn't matter if they're 5,000 square feet or 500,000 square feet, is where we were able to build that trust with the Mm -hmm. client. And then they knew we were doing the best on their behalf without second guessing everything. So the very first thing we try to do, we call visioning, which really is how can we get an hour and a half, two hours, three hours with the core kind of team, leadership team, and talk about what do they want to get out of this? Yeah. Not the budget, not mm-hmm. the schedule, not how many people need to have seats in the organization, but where's their business going? How can the workplace help support it? How do they describe their culture? We have a super fun exercise um, that one of our team members developed that's like a Mad Lib. Mm. And so there's literally blanks where they're filling in how, you know, how they would describe their company, why they choose to work there. Mm -hmm. Why do they think other, but there's little blanks left in it and everybody fills it out. And then we, we go through them. So a lot of different ways to kind of draw out the aspirations and expectations and to get them talking I love it. To each other. And then, of course, we do fun visual. We'll we'll have tons of pictures of different workspaces, and people pull them out and make collages, and then we can start to see where they're aligned or or not aligned. Do you feel like your own workspace is designed well for what y'all? Like, who designed y'all? Designers can never design their own stuff. So, (laughs) didn't you design your own building, though? No. Not me personally. Well, your group. Yes, our team. So we just went through an expansion and a renovation, which was really interesting. You know, we always start out the premise of every project and tell every client, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Everything's not going to go as planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be changes and everyone's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you should write those down. <laughs> right? But we're going to communicate the whole time. Right. But the majority of the people are going to be happy and we're and we're going to we're going to exceed That's ex- got to be the hardest part is making everyone 
remotely closely happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, and but the biggest part about that is communicating about why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. how it's going to impact them, right. looking for the pain points, and then spending the time talking about it and training around it. Yeah. I mean, if you just expect to completely try to change the way somebody works, and you're just going to open the door, and they're going to come in and be like, awesome. Yeah. It's never going to work. Yeah. They have, and the, the right message at the right time is really what change management is all about. You don't need to be telling people where the coffee maker is. 18 months before they move into a building. You need to be telling them why as right. an organization. It's a story. We're doing this. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I kind of did well, too the, while we were yeah, talking about. No, you were talking about <laughs> designing your own building. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good job, Dad. So. <laughs> Clocked in. So we tried to employ all the same tactics on ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, and, and our team that did change management for Corgan. So Emily Strain is, was the leader of that. She will absolutely tell our clients now that was the hardest thing she's ever done. Oh my gosh. One, because yes. people know her and yes. they know where she sits. Yeah. So, so while they were supposed to email the, you know, set email to ask right. questions, they would also swing by and be like, Hey, did you get my email? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, in the end, I think we, we walked the talk. Mm-hmm. We created a lot more collaborative space. We've created um, other places for people to work we did a big kind of work cafe the skyline that we've never had before Um, a lot more focus rooms just a lot more meeting rooms to give people other places to work to follow where are you guys we're We're on houston street houston ross avenue dead ends to our building there on houston street oh sweet yeah it's called the luminary yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh that's awesome now we've also had problems kind of changing the way we work. Mm -hmm. And so for ourselves, even going into this year, we're going to be trying different things, different ways to get people to use all these different spaces, getting managers comfortable with people might not be in their seat. That doesn't mean they're not doing what they need to be doing. So I've had multiple conversations with my peers in Dallas about this idea. And it's, it's pretty widespread that people see these other places to work, quote unquote, and they don't know how to interact with them. And I think part of that goes back to, are we teaching them how to interact with them? Although yeah. they're cool spaces and every now and then somebody will go in there and use them. But if we're not teaching, because what happens is, is we've learned a certain way and then all of a sudden something new comes in and we're, it goes back to that fear. Yeah. I, if I can't raise my hand and go, I don't really know how to use this space. I'm not going to. Well, and why it's good for you. We were right. talking about, about brain health earlier, why it's good for you to change locations during the day. Yep. Up in that space, you have the ability to go outside. And I mean, there's plenty of resources. Even going outside for five minutes is a reset, changes your perspective, some fresh air. So even just walking up there, getting something to to drink, going outside for five minutes and then going back to your desk. So so we're just going to try a lot more messaging around that, you know, and then our clients love hearing, you know, we did these things. Here's what worked in the first go round. Now we're going to keep working on it because sometimes people feel like changing their workspace or a workplace transformation, it has an end point. It's done. Right. And it's not done. It's never it, done. It's never done. Yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. keep changing. You have to keep communicating, understanding how different people want to work differently. Younger generations come in. They want to work differently. Um, so it's ongoing. So I feel like we have job security. F- for a long time. That's exactly right. Somebody that, you, that I need to connect you with, um, we started leaning into this because you know, every time we create a new space and I have 73 offices and 10 different countries. And so we're constantly creating new spaces for our people. 
Um, every time we create a new space, we are always trying to pay attention to these different workspaces, et cetera, et cetera. So we started leaning into well-being, not wellness, but overall well-being, mm -hmm. looking at four areas of well-being, our career, physical, financial, and emotional well-being. This is where part of that conversation with Tony Sports came in when we were having dinner, is that, um, and I'm actually having lunch with him on the 14th to talk more about the Energy Project because I am absolutely absolutely right there with you and for us we're packaging it in the idea of well-being and physical well-being is hey let's get up let's get up and move around uh i do walk and talk meetings all the time of course you know our tower is connected to the galleria which is kind of unique not everybody has that ability yeah. but two laps around the galleria is a mile and so i will do multiple of my meetings throughout the day we'll just go to the galleria and we'll we'll make laps and we'll have our conversations That's awesome right and so but it's that movement it's that everything like that but we're working with a company right now that i need to connect you with called limeade that specializes in the well-being engagement of the team member of the employee their their research and they have an institute limeade institute connected with your design explode it's like cool. mind mind blowing um, so question that Allie and I wrestle with all the time, I want to get your thoughts on this. How do you deal with the client that three-dimensionally can't see it, but their design philosophy is, I need to eliminate everything I don't like and whatever's left is what I must like? How do you, and I know you've had clients mm -hmm. like that in the past, and Allie gets them all the time, and I had them um, years ago. It, they can't see what they want, but they know what they don't want. And so it's revision after revision. It's you show them something, they go, no, show me something else. No, show me something else. How do you handle My that? My favorite story is doing that. And then at the end of it, they went back to like, well, actually we want to go to the back to the original yeah. one. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. How do you, how do you manage through that? I mean, you got a ton of experience at this. I mean, we definitely are very insistent about the time that's spent on the front end of the project. Right. And I mean, still meet with people all the time who are like, yeah, 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 but let's go ahead and do a plan. And, and we will dig in and say, gotta at least give us, give us an hour to talk through some of this with you before we put a mark on a piece of paper. Oh, that's interesting. And some people don't want to hear that. I mean, the interview process, the way people select architect and architecture and design firms is fascinating still to this day. And it hasn't really changed that much in my 20 plus year career that, you know, you do an RFP, you give yep. your price, yep. all your pretty pictures. Yep. Everybody has pretty pictures. Yep. This mm -hmm. is a town full of very talented oh, yeah. designers. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it can't really be a pretty picture contest. And then you get a one hour meeting. Yes. Isn't that crazy? It's. I want to spend three hundred million dollars on I'm a building, and I'm going to spend. An and I'm going to spend <laughs> two years with you people. Yeah, exactly. So that is it's almost like you should date a little bit before or something, right? And there are, and some companies will go about the process in a different way and may try people on smaller projects, right. knowing that they have a bigger one coming. I'm, it's, I'm generalizing, um, but sometimes we have turned people off in the interview process by saying. We are going to insist on this front end. Now we can do it fast, but you say you have all this information ready. You can't just hand it over because we will miss something in translation. Right. Now that being said, how, do we have projects where we end up doing exactly what you say? Yes. And at the end of it, I'm usually trying to figure out where did we not build trust? Cause it goes exactly back to what you oh, were saying. Right. Somewhere along the line, they never fully trusted that we had their best interest at heart or right. they never fully trusted that we were the experts. So how do you, like what, 
what because I'm like so fascinated with this it's kind of on my top of goal list is building trust with people so what are things that you do to do that if you only have an hour so first of all I insist or try and as many in-person meetings as possible Uh we definitely have a harder time and unfortunately this is happening more and more where a lot of it wants to be done over conference call right yeah and man it is so hard if you're not looking people in the eye and can't see the cues because it goes back to that like time ruins projects like it, it Time kills deals. Time kills deals. And so they want it done right then and there. And it's hard. Yeah. So what we're listening for is repetition, really. Mm. So people will will continue to repeat the things that they're really worried about in a lot of different ways. Mm, That's interesting. Often, even after you've given them the answer. Yes. So, Lindsay, do we have enough conference rooms? Yep. You have enough conference rooms. Are we sure we have? Are we sure we have a large <laughs> enough meeting room? Yep, you have right. a large. But if you're not li- right. instead saying, "Okay, I'm hearing a lot of nervousness about the meeting room That's situation. Right. Let's, Let's talk about yes, it. What's I going on? That. What are you worried about?" And so, really listening for the threads of what keeps coming up themes, tends to be the places where you can build trust. So much wisdom in that. So what happens if it's just you pitching them and you never hear these things? Like when you're pitching, what are some like key phrases or key things that you say or do to help build trust? Just in the pitch? Yeah. Because that's my problem. I'm pitching, but then they still don't trust that I am know what I'm doing, know what I'm, I guess. Isn't, it the, count, like isn't saying, it the anti-pitch though? I mean, isn't really the best pitch you not necessarily doing all the talking, but you pitching by asking questions? Mm, you're good, I mean, Dad. For sure. As much as you can create conversation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we try to keep the, the pitch deck or whatever as short as possible mm-hmm. with as little kind of text in it as possible and try to drive discussion. Doesn't always work. Right. But... And what questions can you ask, you know, asking what does success look like? Mm-hmm. What do you want people to say when they come in this space or they leave it? What do you want somebody to tell their neighbor? If they came to visit your office, what would you want them to tell their neighbor about it? Right. And, you know, there are certain questions, but sometimes you say, what does success look like? And then somebody says, under budget and <laughs> on time. And you're like, that might Great. not be the project for us. Well, yeah, yeah because that's very transactional. It's very transactional, and we excel when people are trying to transform the way they right. work. There's difference, and there's transactional design, and there's transformational design. I've always seen you guys more as transformational design than yeah. transactional. And you can do yeah. some transactional stuff along the way. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. But if everything you're doing is transactional. Oh, and wow. we do a ton of transactional stuff after the transformation. Exactly. So you then you're implementing right. it implementing it deeper and we really excel when we can provide a full range of services furniture workplace strategy change management kind of everything yeah that's so awesome that you have it all isn't that cool because the details is what makes it all sing at the end of the day the details the the graphics the art all of it it's the little i mean you've seen firsthand how your work can transform a space that may have been kind of a snooze fest and then it has mural in it and it just brings all the details to life i know but i mean i think for you 
And I'm not saying a lot of my clients trust me, but I always like... It's a new one, so you the, don't know the, yet. It's always like that one or two. I'm like, dang it, why did I why did I not get that? And I have to like overanalyze everything, so... Sorry. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We're going to run out of time. And oh. I could talk to you all oh, day seriously. long I know. because you're just so I do so want to know, like, so what are kind of like your, since you're the first podcast of... 2020 yeah. what are kind of your goals for this year so i've been and we've been talking about this as a family i've been trying to hone in on a word <gasps> i know Ooh. and y'all do this too i, I love know. Else. I know. and ours is courage i heard that last year's was um gratitude which is really great and i've, I've struggled a little bit the idea that i've that i'm coming toward is around patience mm. at first i was saying uh, at first, I was saying being more present, but that's not exactly what I was getting at. I think patience. Nothing wrong with presence. No, not at all. But yep. I think what the heart of what I was getting at was more about patience. So I and anybody who works with me would tell you I like quick line to a decision, sometimes mm-hmm. too quick. Um, just like want to move to the next thing. Right. Um, maybe don't always celebrate as much as we should like small wins hmm. instead it's just like check that box move to the next thing it's We've more got... like pace Ooh, pace is good i it, like that because it is about the cadence a steady pace it's about the cadence, cadence. Oh, cadence it's situational situational because there pace. is a time to go fast that's right it's situational pace Cadence is good. Cadence is good too. Yeah, but, but I I under, completely understand what you're saying because if one gear is is all we do, we make decisions really really quick in every gear. There are times that the decision may need a little more yeah. patience. Is what you're saying in order to bring some people along in the process. But then also slowing down to enjoy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. mean, it all just goes so so. Fast. So uh, that's that, one that of the ideas pace. around yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that was Excellent. one of the biggest articles that I read, like probably two years ago. It was about how we're constantly in this rush of we make goals, hit that goal, but never celebrate hitting that goal because we're already on to the next goal that we are striving to achieve. But really, at that time when you when you set the first goal that you achieved, it was so like, oh my gosh, this is a goal. I can I do it? You make it, but then you're, you're the box still gone. looking. Yeah, you're taking right. the box gone, but then you're never sitting down like, hey, like you actually accomplished that really at that time. Big a goal. It, yeah. Pace so I was just huge. like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Yeah. That, pace that article is really good. the best. Jack, do you do goals? Uh, like, what do you mean goals? Well, do you set goals for the new year or? Resolutions? Yes. yes Kinda, yeah. Do. Yeah. Which, do you have some for this year? It's 2020. It's a big year. Um brush my teeth for Thank you. two minutes every yes. day, yes. which I am doing. I've been using my iPad because I have this app that will help me. Love it. Mm-hmm. So I, I For heard brushing your teeth? Long. Oh. For brushing I them heard longer. longer. Oh. I heard a great story from a dad one time, and I wish I had learned this because he used to go in and ask his kids, did you brush your teeth? And what do you, Jack, what do you think the answer always was? Yep. No. No, they actually said, <laughs> yep. yes. Yes, they always but said the, yes. But they only did like. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and it's a podcast, so not everybody can see it, but Jack you just, just, just got one just one swipe. <laughs> so, you know what? He started changing the question. I thought it was a brilliant question. He started asking, are your teeth clean? Oh, I thought, okay, that changes the dynamic no. of 
the of the whole thing. But clean can be clean is not as relative as the, irrelevant uh, or relative as did you brush your teeth? Because to Jack's like my point, my husband would be like, "Does it smell?" <laughs> then it's just relative. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> so those are some pretty good ones. Yeah. Brush your teeth. I love it. What else? Um, I can't remember many. I, that's the only one I really remember. See, I think having one good one is, is important. But I also remember a few for school that I made. Yep. One was get 100% on a test. Nice. And, and the other was, so in fourth grade, we have this thing called tickets. And if you, like, don't write your name on your homework or something, you'll get a ticket. Mm. Oh, it's like a ticket, like like a speeding yes, ticket. Like there are homework tickets oh. and behavior tickets. And if you get four, you go. You get a detention. Whoa. I haven't gotten any detentions yet, but I did forget to do a piece of homework, and I forgot for my dad to sign something, so I got two tickets. But one of my resolutions is no more tickets. Good for you. Awesome. That's strong. But, I love that. But hold on. But when you got the tickets, what what'd you learn? Yeah, there's good learning opportunities there. <laughs> Was there some learning that came out of the tickets? Mm, yeah, have to remember things. Yeah, maybe right. slowing down to check through your stuff. That's why after I got the tickets, my mom and I would. So I have this thing called a planner, and every, and I would know when I would do stuff because I would look in there, and I would see, oh, I did that. So and there's a checkbox, mm-hmm. so I would always check everything off Love once it. I was done. Yeah. But the world did not come to an end because of a couple of tickets. No. Right. Didn't stop spinning. I love that. Jack, you're going to run the world one day. Yeah. Keep up with that planner. Yeah. Successful right. people use planners. Allie is a big, gigantic planner. Yeah. I still she use has her one. planner, physical planner. Absolutely love it. We need to do high-low. Yeah. We do. Our first high-low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So What's your high-low? Uh, my high. So is it for the week or could the month? Could be h- however long. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. You um, call it. So my let's say high for the high for December. Okay. okay. I, because we really aren't in the new year yet. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit. Um, probably Christmas. Love it. Yeah. My low was probably. It's always good when you have to think hard about your low. It could be something that you learned, too. Did you learn anything in December? My, yeah, I can't think of a low. That's hey, okay. That's, that's fine. That's quite all right. It's, o- it's okay not to have a low every now and then. Mom, did you have a high low? Sure. I think my high was just enjoying this holiday season uh, with yeah. family we spent so much time with family and friends we had friends visit and um, just really enjoyed it that's awesome did you have a low um the low this is silly but you know you have this list of things i was off for work for almost two weeks yeah. list of things that i wanted to get oh, yeah. accomplished yeah, 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 yeah. they're not all gonna get yeah. accomplished no. <laughs> and i'm not i'm kind of mad about it no. but it happens it does so happen. Two days, so I still have two days. <laughs> yeah. So getting <laughs> get over that, done two days. trying to make a list and not and not getting it done. Yeah, it's yeah. all about pace. Sis? I pace. was um, reading something because a lot of times when you're trying to rest and you but you have this like long to do list, 
someone told this person as advice to make a list of things to not, not do. do. That's right. Which oh. is very interesting. That is interesting. Right. Was that you that's telling me the that? The list of don'ts, yeah. Yes, oh, we we had for breakfast yesterday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. list of don'ts. I was like, I knew I, somewhere. It's probably something. Instagram or you. Oh, or please. Is you. Instagram to or do me. So, to do a list of don'ts, which yeah. is very interesting. I like yeah. that. Um, hi, I, for the past five years, I've had my business every single year at this time. I am a nervous wreck. I am fearful of the new year because there, I've always been like, there's no way I can top this next, this year. I've had such a great year. So I always go into a year so fearful. And this is the first year that I am excited and giddy and confident and very just grateful and happy and that's amazing yeah, i the know the book's doing really I know, well i'm like what did i do yeah. but I, it was a lot of like combinations of little things adding up taking an actual true break has helped so much um yeah what so. about your low low oh i had it and then i is it oh. on your app well so i i took a full break on instagram and i was like okay it's now like we're in what three days four days in yeah and i'm like oh, i'm supposed to be posting on instagram i go to go post and i'm like i have no content whatsoever so i was just like i'm just gonna keep my so it's kind of a higher low i feel like i should have prepared a little bit more going back into the new year but i'm like ah, eh, it's fine it's yeah it's yeah you know yeah. my high my high was ali and i actually read a book together i uh, don't read so uh, she can read. She just chooses read. not to read. I just choose not to read. But we went to Oklahoma together, and I we did an audible book. Yeah. And we li- uh, we listened to Bob Iger, the mm-hmm. CEO of Disney. We listened to his book Very together. It was awesome. That was she my high. To our podcast, so I know, she but that, that was that was a that. big, gigantic high for me. My low, Lindsay. You and I have the exact same low. I had a massive list of things to do during this break. I got some of them done, but I didn't get all of them done. I'm going to try to cram all of them in these next few days. Really? Yeah. 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 One of ours was just our list of movies we were going to see. We might still be able to do Frozen (gasps) 2. Okay. So I've heard heard it's better than the first one. That's what I've heard. What was the best holiday movie you saw, Jack? Did you see Star Wars? Yes. But it wasn't the best. Oh. Wow. Oh, we're Star Wars fans over here. We I, I do it. love Star Wars. What was your favorite? Out of the three, which one did you like? I thought he, I thought he did a good job of like? tying up the whole story. Well, it, it was like, okay, I have a tie between that and Noel. The oh. new Disney Plus movie. It was really Oh, oh okay. We haven't done oh, so Disney you're counting, Plus. You're counting yeah. streaming movies, too. Right, okay. It's super good it's super good maybe we should download disney plus i'm gonna have to try that all right well any idea jack how long we've been talking what do you think what do you think 45 minutes not bad mom what do you think I feel like 50 58 minutes 58 minutes close wow yeah we're right on we're right on time can i say that the year 2020 is starting off amazingly you guys are awesome I could sit here and talk to you guys forever, but you have big day today. You have yes. important stuff to go do. do. You've got birthdays birthday. to go. So that's right. Yeah. Birthdays to go yeah. celebrate today and everything. So you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. For having breakfast with us. We'll There's so much wisdom soon. on this. Yes, we will. Jack, we have a great it. year in school. Thank you. 
you're going to be awesome. Fourth grade or fifth grade? Fourth. Fourth, fourth grade. Yeah. Fourth and fifth. Fourth well, and fifth. In 2020. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's going to it's going to be awesome. Oh yeah, you'll switch. Yeah. Well, and congrats on your 150th. Thank you. Episode. It's awesome. I know you guys are special. <laughs> you guys will forever be special because everybody right. will go to those big ones. And it's an easy one to remember. That's now. right. You can be like 150. 150. Yes. So, Thanks, so you guys. it's going to be. It's going to be an amazing year. I just feel, it just feels good. Can't yeah. wait to tell my friends I was on the podcast. Yeah. There you go. It's going to be awesome. All right, sis, we got to roll. Sounds good. Love you, sis. Love you too, Papa son. See you, bye. Bye.